Welcome to the Harmony Church Podcast. For more information on service times, any upcoming events, or joining a life group, please check out our website, harmonychurch.nz. We really hope this week's podcast blesses you. I uh, have a story for you, a Gideon story. Who's ready? Cool. Gideon's story, here we go. A Jewish businessman in America decided to send his son to Israel to absorb some of the culture of his homeland. When the son returned, the father asked him to tell him about his trip. The son said, Pop, I had a great time in Israel. And by the way, I converted to Christianity. Oy vey, said the Jewish father. What have I done? He decided to go ask his friend Jacob what to do. Jacob said, hey, funny you should ask. I too sent my son to Israel, and he also came back a Christian. Perhaps we should go see the rabbi and ask him what we should do. So they went to see the rabbi. The rabbi said, funny you should ask. I too sent my son to Israel, and he came back a Christian. What is happening to our young people? Perhaps we should go talk to God and ask him what to do. So the three of them went, they prayed, and explained to God what had happened to their sons. Suddenly a voice came loud and clear from heaven, and the voice said, Funny you should ask. I too sent my son to Israel. So, yeah, 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 yeah. Good. Cool. Are we feeling a bit looser? Yeah? Cool. Um, it's great in here, guys. And uh, tonight, what I want to do is I just want to camp around this thought that I've been having, and I feel like God's given me a word. And uh, so we're going to run with it, see what he does. Um, Often when we hear God's voice, it's just like a small inkling, and we just run with it. And uh, often, more often than not, God moves. And uh, so what I want to share tonight is I want to share this thing that I'm uh, believing. And I believe this thing is the thing, like the biggest thing, the biggest obstacle for us as Christians, um, and this applies to Christians, it applies to non-Christians, it applies to men, women, children, everybody. And uh, like I said, I believe this is the thing that can be the biggest obstacle for Christians. Is that cool? Yeah. Uh, let's pray. God, we just thank you for your presence in this place tonight. And uh, Lord, we just pray that you would just go ahead and just touch every heart. Lord, and I prepare the way for what you want to do and what you want to say in this place. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen. amen. Cool. So Numbers 20 verse 2, it says this, Now there was no water for the community. And this is the people of the Old Testament, so before Jesus. Um, these people have just been wandering around in the wilderness. It says this, And so the people gathered in opposition to Moses and Aaron. They quarreled with Moses and said, if only we had died when our brothers fell dead before the Lord. That's a hopeless situation right there when you just want to die. And Moses and Aaron went from the assembly to the entrance to the tent of meeting and fell face down and the glory of the Lord appeared to them. The Lord said to Moses, take the staff and you and your brother Aaron gather the assembly together. Speak to that rock before their eyes and it'll pour out its water. Who knew that rocks had water in them? Genuinely. Why did it? 
Uh, you will bring water out of the rock for the community. That's just science, guys. Come on. So they and their livestock can drink. So Moses took the staff from the Lord's presence just as he commanded him. He and Aaron gathered the assembly together in front of the rock. And Moses said to them, Listen, you rebels, must we bring you water out of this rock? Then Moses raised his arm and struck the rock twice with his staff. Water gushed out and the community and their livestock drank. But the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, Because you did not trust in me enough to honor me as a holy in the sight of the Israelites, you will not bring the community into the land that I have given them. Tragic scripture there. You will not enter into the land that I have given them. So what's happening in the scripture? God said, speak to the rock and water is going to flow out. But Mo- Moses in frustration and anger, he grabs a staff and he strikes the rock twice and he disobeys God. And what happens is, like the scripture says, he misses out on seeing the promised land because of his disobedience. And there's a truth that we can learn from the story. That's this. Sometimes our capacity for more is limited because of the disappointment that we carry. And I want to talk to you tonight about disappointment. Because there's no one in this room, either you or I, who's not faced some kind of loss or some form of disappointment. And it's funny because you never know the maturity of someone until you see them in a hard or tricky situation. Because we all like circumstances reduce me to the real level of my faith. Like if I go through something hard, it's there that you'll recognize like the real level of my faith. And so what the devil does is he comes along and the Bible says he comes to steal, kill and destroy. He comes along and he brings you this hard situation and you like your faith in that moment is revealed. And he uses disappointment so that you show the real level of your faith. Is that good? Can you guys be a bit more vocal? Yeah. Don't bum me out. Come on. Um, Yeah, no yawning. And so we see this time and time again, and we see this with Moses too in the Bible, that he, the people that he grew so close with, you know, the people that he fought so hard to get out of slavery, they were in slavery for 400 years. You know, he even went against his own family to do this, pulled them out of slavery. He wandered in the desert for 40 years with them but they just keep constantly turning on him and they keep constantly turning on God. And so Moses is just getting fed up with their complaining and their moaning and their crying and getting and Catherine probably know what it's like to just have people crying and complaining in your face. And um, we didn't even, yeah, anyway. You could imagine just the serious level of disappointment that Moses is facing. And so Moses is so disappointed that he shows his like this, true colors in this moment and he strikes the rock in anger and then the consequences follow and the consequence is this he and the Israelites miss out on the land that he has been promised to for generations and generations and that's what disappointment does it has the power to stop you in your tracks and ruin your life or ruin something a good thing that God has for you has anyone here felt disappointed yeah cool Oh, I did. <laughs> uh, I love smaller crowds because everyone just hears everything. Let's fill this room, guys. Come on. Uh, but I think it's time we stop seeing disappointment as like a dead end. And I was talking to John the other day, John Malcolm, 
and he brought up the scripture, John, uh, Psalm 23, where it says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, and that word walk implies that you're actually going through, you're wading through, you're not just like stuck in, you haven't just camped there, but actually like you're going through and it implies that you will come out. Amen. And so tonight I want to talk about disappointment and then I want to look at how we can disempower it together. Uh, not many people know this, but about four or five years ago, I, um, I'd been in the hospitality biz for about two years. And I had this like dream of owning a cafe. And um, this kind of opportunity presented itself and I was super keen to just like jump on board. I'm like maybe 19 or 20. So I just thought I knew everything, thought I had everything in line. You know, like anyone else in here that just thinks they got it all together. And so I had everything planned out. I had like my business plan drawn up, had like someone to invest because I was broke as. And uh, like, I thought this was it. It was actually going to be called The Hideout. I still think it's a cool name for a cafe. And um, what ended up happening was it came to two days before I was supposed to sign the lease for this new cafe building. I had like kitchens being drawn up and designed and it was just this crazy time. Um, and what ended up happening is I just had this small kind of voice in the back of my head about two days before signing the lease. And the voice was just like, it wasn't a voice that I heard. It was just like an unsettling in me that I felt. And uh, long story short, about an hour later from that, I got a call and just things weren't good. The investor was like, blah, 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 I want more. And it just got really hectic and the whole thing became really messy. And um, what it ended up happening is I ended up just bailing out. I'm like, this just does not feel right. I have to get out of this or this is just going to go pear-shaped. Um, and so what ended up happening was two, two days later, I had this trip booked to Europe and ended up spending about three months away. And I ended up in, um, oh, you guys know Bert and Sonia Albrook, ended up in their house. And just spent two weeks just journeying through the disappointment that I was feeling. Like I was just gutted, like the thing that the baby, like I felt had just been like ripped off from my hands. And uh, it was just this rough time. And that scripture, Psalm 23, it says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And uh, you know what? So many people in this world are clouded with disappointment. But I think what we as Christians need to learn to do is actually just to be dead honest with God and just say, actually, you know, I want to tell you what's going on in my head and what's going on in my heart. And it doesn't mean accusing God or blaming God, but it just means being real and vulnerable and saying, man, when this happened, far out that stung. So pouring out our heart before him and then letting God respond, giving him time to respond. And you know, like the more you study the Bible, the more you study um, theology, the more you keep coming back to this point, which is, I believe, the bedrock of all theology, that God is good, that he is always good. And that in a world full of hurt, pain, disappointment, uh, let me tell you, like, God is good, and He is always good. Um, can we say that together? God is good? Yeah, come on. Powerful. Thanks, Catherine. But you know, Jesus loved us so much that He came and He embodied our pain and our hurt so that we could overcome it with Him. And, you know, like, God is good in His story, and I believe that He's actually working in us to make our story good too. 
But first, we've got to overcome that disappointment. And so I want to encourage you guys tonight, and, and for myself, let's not allow disappointment to overshadow how we see God's goodness. And I love Martin Luther King. He said this, We must accept finite disappointment, but never lose infinite hope. And that's the, I want to say it again. We must accept finite disappointment, but never lose infinite hope. You know, God is always making a way for us. And uh, yeah, I just, yeah, he's so good. So I've got um, three lies which I want to present to you tonight. And then I've got three truths to disempower those lies. Who's ready to disempower uh, disappointment tonight? Has anyone heard of a truth coach? It's like something you say to yourself when you're in like a rough time. And what it does is it helps bring you through and encourage your spirit. What I want to do is I just want to share three, three lies and we're going to disempower them with some truth. And the first lie is this. I'm the only one feeling this way. Have you ever felt like you were the only one feeling this way? Yeah, like the devil wants us to believe that no one else is feeling this way. And it's a lie because even the greatest people in history have been disappointed. And I'd share my story, but um, literally my mum and my dad are here. And if I shared it, they'd probably be disappointed in me. Um, I'm sure they'd get over it. But, you know, like everyone has these moments in life. They got to work through it. You got to overcome disappointment. But the truth is this. The devil disappoints, but God appoints. God appoints us and has appointed us. It's, the Bible says that devil came to do what? To kill, steal, and destroy. But Jesus came to give life and life to the cool. And I love this. Like God sculpted you out of the ground and throughout history, he's just been relentlessly chasing us. And even though we were separated by sin, God now has given us full access to the Father and we are now appointed as his children. So the lie was what? I'm the only one feeling this way, but the truth is the devil disappoints, but God appoints. The second lie is this. I have to carry this disappointment myself. Have you ever felt alone in what you're carrying? I know I have. And we believe we aren't supposed to carry disappointment at all. Has anyone felt like disappointed and then suddenly, I know I've done this so much, you're carrying disappointment, suddenly you're like, crud, I'm a Christian, can't feel that, cannot feel disappointment. Uh, and you're like, stop being disappointment. Because what happens is shame comes along, and shame's that thing that says you're not supposed to feel that way, you're not supposed to feel that disappointment. And shame is that voice inside telling us we're supposed to be more holy and more happy and more like Jesus. And it's funny because the shame that we're actually feeling is more destructive than the disappointment. And what happens is we get led into further disappointment and then eventually into despair, which is that feeling of complete hopelessness. Here's some cool verses for you. Nehemiah 8.10, do not grieve for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Isaiah 41.10, do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. Psalm 46, one. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Psalm 34.10, those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. 
Because the truth is this, disappointment belongs to Jesus. The Bible even says, come to me, all you who are heavy laden or burdened for millennials, and I will give you rest. The truth is this, disappointment belongs to Jesus, and we don't have to carry it ourselves. We weren't meant to carry this alone, but the Bible says, cast your burdens on Jesus, for he cares for you. And I just want to encourage you, like when it comes to your emotions, to be real with God, like to be real with him and what you're going through. And I heard a preacher once say that you, when you lose your heart, you lose God. Because if you can't be real, did I say that right? Yeah, you lose God when you lose your heart. You got to be real with your heart and real with your emotions and real with God. And again, feeling disappointment isn't a sin. It isn't even wrong. And, but staying in that place of disappointment is. And I believe as uh, Christians that our authority comes when we choose to reject disappointment. Anyone with me? Cool. Maybe even the suicide rates would drop in New Zealand. If a generation knew what it was to get help, if a generation understood that disappointment isn't the end game, if a generation looked for hope in hopeless situations and had their eyes fixed on God and told the storm how big their God was, disappointment belongs to Jesus. The third lie is this, nothing good ever happens to me. And I want to encourage you tonight that disappointment is not the end game. God's goodness is always the end game. What did we say earlier? God is good. God's goodness is always the end game. And you may not see it right now, but God is working in your story to turn it into something that's going to give him glory. Did not have that in my notes. That just rolled off the tongue. Keep that one. And uh, this journey I was going through a few years ago with this, this cafe, it's funny, like this, this point of despair where you're just so like, you just feel so hopeless just so like drowning in disappointment. But every emotion and every bit of pain and worry, doubt, fear was nailed to the cross with Jesus. And, uh, and every disappointment, and he took it so that I don't have to, and I don't have to keep it. If I could get the band up, please. And, you know, fast forward a few years, like Jesus has given what he promised and more. And uh, I'm so blessed to um, with my wife to do what we do, and um, it's not a brag. It's just a reminder that when we give our disappointment to him, it allows us to move forward in our lives and uh, allow room for God to work something miraculous. The third truth is that I can have a confident expectation of good. James 1.17 says, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. Or in the Passion, it says this, every gift God freely gives us is good and perfect, streaming down from the Father of lights, who shines from the heavens with no hidden shadow or darkness, and he is never subject to change. And again, I love this because it just helps us center around the goodness of God. And the principle is this, if you can surrender your disappointment to God, then the blessing you receive will be tenfold. And now you may not see the other side of your disappointment, but if you hand it to him, he will give you fresh perspective. 
And uh, I love the end of the story of Moses with the Israelites. Uh, Moses and the rest of the Israelites die off in the wilderness. That's not the part I love, sorry. Let's carry on. Um, All because of the disappointment that they carried in their hearts. Just the disappointment, that like feeling of um, just like hopelessness. And they were disappointed. Moses was disappointed. But you know, God uses this as a way to teach the next generation a valuable lesson. And it's their offspring that enter the promised land. It's their offspring that get to eat of the fruit of the new land. And they seize the land and they take victory after victory. And then God uses His people to establish them as a great nation and to spread the good news of God all around the world. I think that's pretty cool. So I want to encourage you, like, let's be a church that leaves disappointment at the door and has a confident expectation of good. Amen.